Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you for checking out another episode of the show. Today's feature is singer-songwriter Jason Boyd. Had a lot of fun hanging out with Jason a bit ago. Talking about his new EP, Where Did You Sleep Last Night? Uh, now available wherever you get your digital music at. So check that out. You're going to get a little sneak peek on today's episode. I do want to remind you, as always, Rock Paper Podcast is brought to you by Roughneck Beard Company and American Rambler. You can visit them over in the Maplewood area or shop 24-7 at roughneckbeardcompany.com. Use my code RPP15 for an exclusive 15% off all your favorite all-natural beard oils, beard balms, your junk powder, combs, or any of their fine grooming products. During the hot summer months, it may be tempting to shave, but did you know that having a beard can keep you cooler in the summer heat? Beards provide UV protection and keep sweat off your face so you can keep cooler longer in the hottest heat. Just make sure to keep your beard clean with Roughneck's house-made beard bar, all-natural soap with milled oats and African black soap. Cleanses amazingly without stripping away your natural oils. And if you do decide to shave it off, do it with American Rambler's amazing pre-shave oils and Miracle Tonic aftershave. Either way, they've got you covered. Also, I uh, do want to remind you, I have a brand new show sponsor for you all. And that is my buddy Keith Brake and Keith Brake Photography. And he has a brand new studio, KBP Studios in DeCoin, Illinois. If you haven't been paying attention, Keith's been uh, busy shooting some amazing shots, uh, including yeah, stuff if you follow Steve Ewing or Learn from KC or uh, any of our friends around town. You've probably seen a bunch of Keith's work. and uh, But a lot of it's co- live concert photography, but recently he's opened up the studio and he's making some uh, brilliant images come to life. So visit KBP Studios, uh, keithbreakphotography.com today. You can see all of his work. You can book a session. And if you mention rock paper podcast you get 10 percent off that booking so it's a great deal i was just in there myself got some uh really amazing pictures done and i'm, I'm really happy with them and we had a lot of fun just hanging out that day is a great time so uh check it all out and get in the studio there with keith today for yourself or for your band or whatever it might be again keithbreakphotography.com With all that out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy this brand new episode with Jason Boyd. Um, Podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio, it's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) That's also like my mom. Uh, It makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, It sounds like this. Hi, this is Jason Boyd, and you're listening to the Rock Paper Podcast. Rock paper podcast. Shane Presley. 
Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri. Hanging out today with Jason Boyd. Welcome to the show, man. Hi, I'm happy to be here. This is uh, this is cool, like, cause this is. I mean, I say it a lot doing the show, but really, this is exactly why I continue to keep doing the show, cause we just recently met through the internet, and uh, you, you kind of hit me up saying, "Hey, I, I'd love to do the show," and. Here we are, man. We're we sitting down. We got a brand new EP to talk about, and but this is what's uh, exciting for me is constantly discovering new music coming out of our town and meeting the people making it. So, so thank you for doing this. Awesome. I'm, again, I'm just happy to be here and get to uh, talk about my EP, but also just talk about uh, some of the cool stuff going around in St. Louis as far as the music scene is yeah. concerned. Yeah, man. I uh, I know. Um, well, it didn't really focus on the music, but Time Magazine just named St. Louis like one of the 100 greatest places to live mm-hmm. or something or whatever it was, something like that. And they highlighted a lot of great things in St. Louis, but I'm like, I mean, our music, I think, is, I mean, I'm sure a lot of cities probably feel the same way about their music scene, but I feel like St. Louis is overlooked a lot mm-hmm. in Saint, in the music, and uh, and it's just like, there's a definitely a bubbling up you know it's a lot of kind of hotbed right now for music and so many of our friends are out there on the road you know uh Mm -hmm. touring and spreading the word and stuff but uh i just wish more people knew what was going on here in in our st louis music absolutely so that's why i continue to try to keep spreading the word to do try to do my part to Mm -hmm. highlight my friends and stuff so uh but yeah a lot of a lot of good stuff happening and uh it's cool man but uh, anyway, so like I, I kind of like to start at the beginning and kind of see, uh, you know, just get your story right from you. You know, it's like it's it's one thing to go on a website or whatever and read a bio or something. But I, I like it's always cool to kind of get it directly from you and stuff. But uh, so like, is uh, was St. Louis always been home for you? Yeah, uh, St. Louis has always been home. I went away. Uh, to a small college uh, sort of north of Springfield called Bolivar. And the college was called uh, Southwest Baptist University. And uh, so for about three and a half years, I was sort of based out of there, which I really liked actually because I could book shows in Springfield and then also in Bolivar. And then I could come home for the summer and I'll get to book shows in St. Louis um, and sort of, it sort of made me feel bigger than I really was. Cause I could, uh, like, like when I first in 2017, when I first released union station, I, uh, I called it a tour. It wasn't exactly a tour cause I right. lived there, but I did uh, Springfield, St. Louis. And then my fiance at the time lived in Kansas city. And so I booked a Kansas city show. And then I also booked a show at two coffee houses, one in Pittsburgh, Kansas, and one in Fort Scott, Kansas. Um, And I said, you know, it it sort of got to make me feel high and mighty that I just had an EP coming out and I was already on tour. (laughs) And (laughs) uh, you know, it was fun though. It was uh, was a good experience because uh, I, I think that's the number one thing with being a musician or even just going to a lot of shows is you meet so many different people. And especially if you escape, I guess, the genre that you really like. For me, that's folk music or like oldies rock. 
But if you sort of just escape that, uh, you can meet so many different people. Um, I still have a lot of good friends that I've met from playing in Springfield, but even also in playing in St. Louis. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but those <laughs> sort of yeah. how those sort of the genesis sure. of uh, where this all came from. Well, and I guess the other thing too, I was in a country band sort of in high school. I was only in for like, six months you know how that how that goes we played one show and i knew i really liked gigging but one of the hard things with gigging is you have to find the exact right person who plays drums the exact right person who plays bass who plays whatever other instruments you need and it sort of dawned on me one day like i don't need a band i can do this and I still am sort of perpetually looking for that right group of people. Um, but I think for right now, it's just fun to get to play by myself because I can write the music and I can, I don't, the only schedule I have to worry about is mine. So sure. if I want to practice songwriting or just practice performing, I can do that at 4am uh, as long as my neighbors don't mind. Uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess there's a, uh... I think there's pros and cons to about all of it probably, but I think that's probably one of the biggest things mm -hmm. is like, you know, especially if you're a solo artist, you can pack up and go on right. on tour whenever you want. you know, so like you can, you can do all that instead of having to try to align schedules with four or five other people and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I, I kind of, I relate a lot to that too, even doing this show. I mean, like, um, you know, I started the show with my buddy Chris and, you know, even having one other person, one other schedule to uh, work with, it was, mm -hmm. you know, became harder to, you know, schedule things with guests and interviews and different, different things. And, uh, I mean, we made it work for sure, but there was like, you know, just even one person complicates it. Right. And, uh, you know, so for me, uh, when, after Chris stepped down from the show, like, you know, just, it was, uh, opened up so many more possibilities for me just to record all the time. So mm -hmm. that's what I started doing. But I think the biggest thing I'm missing from doing solo that I, I think I'm trying to figure out some other avenue to get this feeling is that feeling of pushback of every good collaboration. You know, I need someone to say, oh, no, Jason, what you're doing sure. is stupid <laughs> oh, right. or what or even what you're doing is great. But here's a better way of doing that. Yeah. And so I think I found that the guy who recorded about half of the new EP uh, his name's Tom Lastly. He's in a metal band called Chaos Bloom, uh, St. Louis native. Uh, and I think I get that a little bit from him where he, he plays bass on a couple of the songs and he sort of adds his own element to it. And uh, there are, I think John Brown has percussion in it that I would never have added. Sure. You know, and at one point, uh, Miss M had bongos in it, and it, bongos did not stay in it, but I would never have even thought to put bongos in, uh, in one of my tracks before. And so I'm, I'm getting that a little bit. And, uh, yeah, that's just a fun collaboration, you know, like saying push up, push right. up, help 
having input from all the people help push a song in a way yeah. you may you never thought of and uh so yeah i agree i think that is the, the nice thing about having a band and having mm-hmm. having all that you know different uh ideas coming through the different creative uh you know process and everything so but yeah man uh so what uh where did all this start for you though like is uh, was it mm-hmm. you saying that ep came out in 17 but had you been playing long before that or or uh or is this all fairly newer still i've been playing since i've been doing shows of any kind since probably 2011 mm-hmm. um and with long periods in between uh you know that like i said i was in a band for like six months right. and then there'd be a two-year gap and then another band would have me come in and play bass at one show and, and that sort of thing. And so I've been in lots of bands that have sort of gotten the groundwork going, but then for one reason or another, it fell apart. And in about 2016, so I, I graduated from high school in 2015 and about 2016, I started really seriously considering playing solo. Mm -hmm. And I met a guy named Tanner Qualls who recorded the entire first EP, Union Station. And he's also a a Kansas City native performing local artist. Um, He's won all sorts of songwriting awards over there. And um, he helped me put together the first EP from sort of random loose ideas I had floating around in my head to more of a concrete, something that makes sense. Right. And uh, that EP will always have a special place in my heart because I didn't really know what I wanted. And it was just fun to get to collaborate with someone, uh, who, who had my best interest in heart. And so we tried recording in dormitory bathroom, dormit, and the, there was a cha- it was a religious school, and so yeah. there was a chapel. We recorded um, the last song on the EP, which is a duet. Um, we recorded that in the chapel, and it's a great echo, and just so many different weird, cool things that while I was figuring all of that out, just getting to not only figure out what I wanted for the EP, but sort of what my direction was. Cause once I had that out, it was easier to book shows. I felt like because, um, instead of showing them a YouTube link of me playing live, which mm-hmm. I still did, I could do a YouTube link of me playing live and here's people are interested or at least somewhat interested in my EP and here's stats on that. And so it just it became a different experience. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, that stuff's a lot of. Uh, again, not to continue to make it about me on it, but the recording wise, uh, I do a lot of recording in a lot of different rooms, and that's uh, it's fun to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fun adventure, uh, challenge to try to find, make it sound good in all these different rooms, and it's always just kind of exciting to to put yourself in these random situations, and whether it's chapel or you know whatever like you're saying these different things trying to make it work and uh and i feel like sometimes those rooms have a certain energy or something uh mm-hmm. about them and that they helps inspire the 
the music or the recording itself and uh i don't know that stuff's always kind of fascinates me the, the the field recording like that instead of outside of a traditional studio space and everything else so mm-hmm. um i was listening to uh stern i listened to a lot of howard stern and uh he had dave Grohl on a little bit ago and they were talking about a a summer when he was like in in uh nirvana and in like 92 or something and he said they were out in la and on break for a moment and they were like just jumping from uh pool to pool uh you know all summer and stuff and uh one of the days they end up at this uh this house uh that ended up being uh the tate house where uh the manson murders were happened at oh wow and uh so it was just kind of a kind of a spooky kind of thing and uh but he said that he ends up uh running into uh Trent Reznor was there recording uh, for the Nine Inch Nails record in in that house, and like so, uh, and he ended up like, uh, which became downward spiral, and I was just like, man, that's like a that'd be pretty wild. I mean, that's really kind of I felt like probably, you know, that's what Trent was going for, you know, right. that that sound, you know, something dark and spooky and stuff, and. Mm-hmm. so i'm sure a room a house like that helped push that direction you know even more so and and also this cool story that people are telling you know almost 30 years later so oh, yeah. uh you know it's like uh but uh you know so it's just uh i think that stuff's pretty neat though like just mm-hmm. to you know putting in, in i've had friends record in you know like old castles or caves or you know this any random weird things like that and stuff and it's just uh i think it's cool so um, but so it's cool, interesting to hear that Union Station kind of came together that way through mm-hmm. through uh, some recording like that. But uh, yeah, so you that is now uh, available. You can hear uh, Union Station on all your digital platforms and check that out. But we have a brand new one, which is why we're here today. And uh, and I mentioned Nirvana, but uh, what that uh, comes from a, a cover, right? Uh, yeah. So nirvana covered it as well right uh from it's a guy named huddy ledbetter who's known as lead belly right and it's uh i i guess the the two-sided coin of why i chose to record it is one it's in the public domain yeah and so there's no royalty fees or anything with that but the second reason was i wanted to connect everything i released with sort of the folk legacy sure just bigger picture and so on union station on the back um it has me standing at uh in guthrie green in oklahoma on the back cover and guthrie green's obviously named after woody guthrie um who was friendly with huddy ledbetter sort of part of that I, i guess the grandfathers of modern folk music and I wanted to do something similar, and I, I, I didn't want to go. Sub to, I felt like that would just be repetitive if that was just my thing. Of I, I go to places folk musicians lived, and that's just always on the back cover. Um, and so I thought it would be cool to record that song uh, because I love Lead Belly. I love uh, that sort of songwriting tradition. I changed a couple of the lyrics. Uh, in the verses. And I also made it a duet. And so I I changed the meaning of the song a little bit, which I think 
I personally think is cool because Nirvana changed the meaning of the mm-hmm. song a little bit. And even Lead Belly didn't write the lyrics, but he did write, or sorry, I said that wrong. He wrote the lyrics, but he did not dry, write the, the music. Um, we don't know who wrote the music to that song. And so I thought just sort of part of the folk tradition is keeping the melody the same, right. but changing the lyrics to get to uh get to more better encapsulate uh like that changing folk songwriting part of that tradition yeah man and then i also picked that song specifically as the title because i have more than one song sort of about cheating or about um sort of being promiscuous and i just thought it it was a good tie-in for everything that's already on the album um and yeah i mean i just had a lot of fun recording it yeah yeah it's a great great tune and uh i did uh notice that you know like you sent me that copy and uh you know hearing as a as a duet i always enjoy like something like that to where um you may have heard it one way mm-hmm. or even you know multiple ways here in the i'm sure uh a lot of people are probably fairly familiar with the Nirvana cover, so they may have heard that version or even the original, like you're saying. And and uh, but like hearing a hearing a one way and then hearing a duet and like hearing a different spin, or also enjoy like hearing um, something like uh, something that's been a female vocal and then now have been recorded as a male vocal and stuff like stuff like that too. Like completely flip them. Yeah, I just always enjoy. Uh, hearing a different artist take on a song and stuff and especially something that, that you may is very well celebrated like that so and that's yeah. a lot of these folk songs have been around mm-hmm. for a long time so oh yeah i guess you're a pretty big student of uh of folk music i mean you uh i'm a big fan yeah. you know i don't i don't think i know enough to call myself a student All right. but i so I didn't do this on purpose but it became an accident that i couldn't make myself stop doing since 2016, when I started performing solo, I have opened every single show with House of the Rising Sun, which is another folk song that everyone's covered, every rock band has. Mm-hmm. The Animals, of course, have the really famous cover that everyone knows. And I got like six or seven shows in in like 2016, 2017. And someone said, oh, I, I love how you, you start every show with House of the Rising Sun. That's so cool. And I went, I do. <laughs> I, I I just like it because, and if you're listening, you've heard me play live. You already know this. I like to scream. <laughs> and so it's, it's a pretty energetic compared to everything else I play. Um, and I think it just sort of, it's my way of trying to hook the audience. In. Sure. Because uh, I usually, after that, go to something like a love song or something that's just sort of softer. And... It's a lot of fun for me, but it's too late now. I mean, it's it's 2021, and I, I'm going to start every single show I ever do with House of the Rising Sun yeah. for the foreseeable future. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, so we we're saying uh, uh, where did you sleep last night? Of course, the the new EP due out here uh, very soon. Uh, right? Uh, yeah, uh, it'll be out on July 30th. Okay. Um, it'd be anywhere you can get music. 
uh, it will be there. Well, we want to share a couple of tracks to give you a little sneak peek today. That uh, if and uh, one of those you sent me was a song called "Gingers Can't Be Spacemen," right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this was, uh, and I'm assuming the rest of this is the original stuff, right? Yeah, everything except for the last track right. is original. Right. Cool. Uh, but this was a this was a fun little. Uh, song for sure like it kind of has uh, you know a little more uh, humor in it yeah. and everything and uh, so anything you want to add around this particular how this yeah. song came to be I, I guess um, I love writing humorous songs and so all I'll say about this one is I tried to capture that feeling of when you're going through a transition especially from high school to college or college to work where you get new friends and you certainly keep a lot of your old friends, but you're trying to figure out what that looks like because sometimes it's hard to recognize that people that you used to be really, really good friends with have moved on to a new phase of their life as well. And really you should be happy for them. But in the moment you're sort of stuck in a, well, what I do wrong when it's really, it's just, you're in two different places now. And so that song's just about trying to figure that out and what, what your mindset is in that moment. Yeah. Nice, man. She left our home this morning or she was out last night by 10. Didn't leave much warning. Didn't know if we were still friends. Only one thing could be made to blame Gingers can't be spacemen But non-freckled folks with red hair can Jazz and blues and space are choir of soul Gingers can't be spacemen But non-freckled folks with red hair can Jazz and blues and space are choir of soul She's quite prettily for a guy Hearing her voice makes me want to go crawl up and die Makes me want to go fly far, far away But no cuz Juniors can't be spacemen But non-freckled folks with red hair can Jazz and blues and space are choir of soul Gingers can't be spacemen But non-freckled folks with red hair can Jazz and blues and space are choir of soul She once was lost but now she's found Did you know in space there ain't no sound? No one will have to hear her bitch and complain Gingers can't be spacemen But non-freckled folks with red hair can Jazz and blues and space are choir of soul Gingers can't be spacemen But non-freckled folks with red hair can Jazz and blues and space are choir of soul
strangers can be spacemen, but non-freckled folks with red hair can. Jazz and blues in space are choir of soul. Genius can't be spaceman, but non-freckled folks with red hair can. Jazz and blues in space are choir of soul. Maybe she's listening to this song. Perhaps she feels I got something wrong. Well, honey, we can go to Mars and work things out. Oh, no, but gingers can't be spacemen, but non-freckled folks with red hair can. Jazz and blues and space are choir soul. Gingers can't be spacemen, but non-freckled folks with red hair can. Jazz and blues and space are choir of soul. No, 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 and everybody knows. Gingers ain't got no soul. No, 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 no. No, no. No cold-hearted soul. Yeah, that uh, I enjoyed this a lot. You know, like I, I'd listen to uh, Union Station on online and everything, and so I kind of had a, a, f- a fair idea, like it was kind of what to kind of expect coming out of this. But uh, you know, I was when I, I was uh, really impressed with the the songwriting there, and and uh, and, and Ginger's can't be spacemen, and uh, just I, I enjoy that stuff too. Just a, kind of a more of a. a, a slightly humorous uh take on some of the stuff not not so serious all the time right. things or, or have a little fun with it yeah so yeah sounded good man uh that uh and then i guess uh seemed like on union station and this like it's all fairly um minimalist on uh arrangements and stuff right it's all oh that is the uh understatement <laughs> yeah. of the century right it, it is guitar the guy who i mentioned tanner plays piano on the first track which is called trouble uh he plays a little bit of piano and i think the title track union station has 10 seconds maybe of backing vocal which is also me and then besides that you know what trouble also has trumpet just because the guy that lived every it was entirely recorded in the dorm room except for the one song in the chapel and uh or the dorm building and the guy that lived next door just happened to be in the university band and had a trumpet and we were recording and we said hey do you want to do you want to do that but here and yeah it is minimalist it mm-hmm. is uh I- i'm very proud of what we made um but i'm also looking forward to adding layers and i i think i accomplished that a little bit with the new EP. Okay. What, uh, so what did you add in uh, as far as, uh, instruments and stuff in this? Uh, cause it seemed like there, I know there was, uh, in, in another song we want to highlight was Miss M like this, mm-hmm. um, as a ukulele, right? Yeah. No, ukulele. Yeah. So it, you, uh, there's not a different, you know, not just guitar, mm-hmm. but, uh, having you can still strings, but, yeah. uh, having a little different, uh, tone on it. And, yeah. uh is there uh what else uh is throughout the cp 
Yeah, so like I said earlier, uh, there was bass on three of the six songs. There's percussion on two of the six songs. Um, it, it's still very minimalist, mm-hmm. I guess, compared to people right. that have a full band set up. And I know every single band has this issue, even full bands, but especially as a solo artist, I'm trying to fight between, I don't want to do anything I can't do live. Right. So if I have a 12 piece orchestra or whatever, it can make it sound beautiful. But, um, I, I just don't think that's not, I can't do that every time I play. But I could have someone play bass with me whenever I play, or I could take out my ukulele. And so uh, there's definitely more harmonies, just in general, across the board. Um, There's more instrumentation across the board. And frankly, I think uh, it's a one song longer, so it's sort of a (laughs) one-up in that direction. right? Um, And yeah, I, I just think... The first EP got made in a year, and I think it shows, because for me, that probably wasn't long enough. Um, Not necessarily from the production side, but everything I wrote got put on it. Um, It probably took me 20 to 30 songs to figure out what six songs I wanted on this EP. And I think it also shows there where I was much more selective. Because I've been working on this since about 2018 so about a year after and i was pretty strict on what songs i was okay with putting my name behind whereas i didn't necessarily the first time was about making an ep this time was much more about making a good ep (laughs) and and so i hope i accomplished that but uh what uh what do you what do you what do you think your biggest takeaway or biggest you know something you learned mm-hmm. uh between the two now like the second time around that what's the what's like the number one thing you're like then you do this is this is it this is what i you know mm-hmm. something you learned or next or you want to even continue to pursue for the third one and stuff i think the first thing i'd take away is if I don't like how something li- li- uh, if I don't like how something sounds when I first record, it's not going to get better right. by yeah. waiting. Sure. And I, I think there was a couple times on Union Station, uh, the 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 uh, the EP, not the song, where there was something that it was pretty good, and I'm sure no one else noticed, but it just bothered me, but just a little bit. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to submit this because it's almost perfect. And I didn't want to put more, I didn't want to put any more time into it this time around. I, I said, no, whenever I first record it, that's my baby. This is the most I'm ever going to like this. <laughs> and so I, I I've learned that, if I don't love this right now, I'm not going to love this just because it's three years old. Right. And, and so being more attention, uh, having more attention to detail and attention oriented uh, to detail is just so important. And that's the one big takeaway. And then also, I think that I'm okay related. I'm okay with taking the time where this took me three years to work on. Right. And 
I'm okay with taking the time to make something that I'm, I'm going to be proud of in four years or five years, which not to say I'm not proud of the first EP because I think it's reflective of where I was and it's a good timestamp of growth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I relate so much to that too. Like just, these are not like, you know, maybe it's not the masterpiece that you wanted it to be, but it's definitely, uh, a, polaroid of what who you were at that that time period and stuff and like of course we're always going to get you know bigger faster stronger for the next one mm-hmm. and you know get better at everything so but that's with anything it you do it enough you know reps of anything you're going to get better and for sure so i uh you know i started the show had no idea what i was doing uh recording wise and everything but uh you know 900 something now later i'm like feel a lot more confident in my recording ability and my hosting and mm-hmm. interview skills and everything. Just like you as a songwriter, you know, I think Nashville, some, some quote in Nashville, like you're going to write a hundred bad songs before you write a good one or something like right. something along those lines. So it's like with any thing you're going to, there's going to be a, a learning curve to get better at it. And so, yeah, that's, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, you gotta, but you gotta start somewhere. Everybody's gotta try and get it out there. And, you know, but you, Oh, I also, there was another good uh, quote that I heard or saw on Facebook. It was like, um, "Don't don't be afraid to suck at something new." And I was like, "That's a that's a good one there because like, oh yeah, so many people are just afraid to even take the chance. Like, well, you know, right? You know, maybe maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm if I do this and the first one's not any good, then they give up or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, nobody's good. Very, you know, there's those stories, but nobody starts off just as this, you know, right? Uh, prodigy or anything hardly so yeah but uh but yeah so it's good that you you there you have learned uh some mm-hmm. some lessons along the way between ep to ep now and keep uh yeah. getting better at it so uh but uh yeah man so this was uh this was cool i enjoyed uh listening to it and um uh, hearing uh some of the different stuff coming through and uh mm-hmm. another one was a, a song we wanted to share too was called miss m yeah and uh and this uh like in this one i said features you on a, a ukulele mm-hmm. and uh, uh anything you want to you want to share around yeah miss m? i uh people sort of make fun of me that are familiar with the ep already like my friend tom or uh my fiance or anybody that sort of knows the songs already just from seeing me live that, um, I, I decided that South Broadway queen is humorous, just like juniors can't be spacemen. And there's sort of a theme overlap about they're both about promiscuous women and, and that sort of thing. Um, it, it, it was a funny song. South Broadway queen was, that I tried to make serious in the last verse to try and call out the the horrors of humanity. And I, I played it for someone, and I can't remember who, but I played it for him, and he was like, that's hilarious. And then in the v- last verse, you bummed me out. And I sort of thought, okay, you know what? This should probably be two different songs. And so South Broadway Queen is more of a light-hearted satirical look at that um that profession whereas miss m is not quite 
dark, I guess, but it's darker. It's significantly darker where it's, okay, this is not a joke, but I'm also not trying to make you leave in tears. <laughs> it's a happy medium. Um, and so it's just that sort of thing that I was mentioning earlier where I appreciate the pushback where I have people in my life that are willing to say, Jason, if you release the song this way, it's not going to end well. And I don't like write, writing dark songs, but I felt like I had a, a dark story to tell. So for Miss M, I used ukulele and I used a major chord progression to try and... She had everything, they found her at the worst possible time. She was with him, the one who was mean. He'd just gone and given her one more black eye. Bye, bye, bye. She never even said goodbye. She was his high. His name was Stan, but barely half of a man. He built himself up slowly just by knocking her down. other ladies at night she didn't mind cause they were one of her kind but kind was something that never crossed Stan's mind 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 she only ever called to mine until this time she looked broken never quite restrained when she opened fire towards his brain flesh and silence is no sound no pain when the gun went off the verdict was The song sounds happy, obviously, but it's not happy lyrics at all. Right. And I think that fits, fits my, my goal. Yeah. That's uh, I don't know if you're familiar with, there is a, there's a great uh, line in um, Robin Hood, Men in Tights from uh, the Mel Brooks movie. He says, uh, uh, he goes, could you just tell us the bad news in a good way? And, uh, and then, uh, so he like tries to, be all smiling and laughing the whole time as he's telling him, you know, Robin, you know, beat him up and all this stuff. But <laughs> anyway, it just uh, cracks me up. Uh, it just, uh, I think there's a lot of stuff like that, especially in pop music. Um, the people, you, you have this catchy, 
you know, poppy song on the radio, mm-hmm. but you listen to the lyrics and yeah. it's like, man, that's pretty messed up. Like, oh yeah. There's a, there's one in particular that comes to mind is, uh, there's a song called, uh, 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 pumped up kicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I don't know if you ever listened to the lyrics of that song, but like, it's, it's pretty, pretty sad. I mean, for, for you know, it's, but it's a, such a catchy little groove to it and everything right. and the, and the hook and everything. It's just like all the people singing along and it's like, they don't, I don't think they even realize what they're singing quite, no. you know, it's like, uh, but it's got a, you know, just a great melody to it. And so, uh, but yeah, I don't, uh, I think that's a good, a good, uh, thing to try to shoot for and stuff to try to like make it a little happier and stuff, mm-hmm. even though it's, so it's not so dark and right. sad and everything or whatever. And, um, but yeah, I was, uh, I, was, I enjoy that kind of stuff, you know, just to kind of, uh, just to be able to play with music that way and stuff, just to mm-hmm. try different things like that. Um, but yeah, man, I'd, uh, so, uh, this, the, again, uh, where did you sleep last night? Going to be available, and uh the end of july here and you can find it on all your platforms you do have physical copies yeah available yeah, is, there, is there is there a good way to get a hold of one of those uh yeah i have a, a page it's jason boyd it's sort of a blue profile picture of a uh, irish guy holding a guitar and if you message me there or on my personal profile i will make sure you get a copy yeah very cool yeah um yeah, I I always enjoy. Uh, I mean, I know CDs are kind of on the way out and mm-hmm. stuff uh, for a lot of people, but uh, I enjoy having the physical copies around. Yeah, uh, I enjoy collecting a lot of vinyl as well, and mm-hmm. just uh, as a fan, that's I enjoy having all those, like having yeah, having yeah. a tangible product in my hand and stuff. I like reading liner notes. I like looking mm-hmm. at the like you're saying the art and the pictures on the back yeah. and stuff and all those things. This whole the whole process of this is not just a collection of five, six songs or whatever. It's a, you know, piece of art, yeah. the entire thing. Well, and I agree with that so much. I know for, for me, I'll buy CDs if I really like a band. Um, I don't really buy like big name artists CDs, but especially like local artists, I'll buy their CDs and I'll realize I'm listening to the music all the time, but I'm listening to it on MP3 and for me, half the fun is it's building that collection of it, it's a physical representation of this is the music that I like. And, you know, I, I think for me, it, it yeah, right. It does remind me that I might like this song best from whatever they produced, but it was produced among a collective and it was an art the art is the album or the EP or mm-hmm. the single, not just one song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to, I mean, again, just like you're saying, I like to make a playlist with some of my favorite tracks, but I do, uh, uh, I try to uh, make a habit of it, of like when I go first listen, I try to listen start to finish, you know, as a piece of work. Yeah. Instead of uh, picking out the, the single or whatever it is. And so I try, it's something I enjoy doing. Not necessarily that all these are like concept records or something to where you right. ha- you have to, uh, but it's just how I, I like to, somebody put the thought into this is the particular order of these tracks. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I like to listen to it and stuff. Absolutely. So at least the first time through. So, 
well, I've been going around asking uh, some of these random questions, Jason, and if you wouldn't mind uh, entertaining some of these uh, for me. Sure. Uh, they, uh, uh, they just, uh, I don't know, a lot of them actually kind of came from... Um, from Alan, I don't know, like she has this like segment she was doing like a hot question thing, and um, I don't know. So a lot of them kind of came out of that. They kind of just silly things that made me laugh. But um, what's a what's a song that always gets stuck in your head? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, short answer is basically everything. My fiance will tell you that I will hum for no particular reason the jeopardy song while i'm cooking or you know the the theme song of whatever show we were just listening yeah um i know one and i swear i'm not trying to just throw a plug to another local st louis band um there's a a song by a band called chaos bloom who are they're awesome guys they're like sort of soft metal I don't know if they would like being called that, but they're metal. Yeah. Um, and they have a song called uh, Dancing in the Sun. And I I swear, I get that just stuck in my head. And I, I hate metal. But I just, that song by them, I, I get stuck in my head all day. Nice. Yeah. I know, I know, I mean, I know the name. I don't know if I know many of those guys personally or mm-hmm. yet. So, yeah, they're I good guys. Needed, they're good. Need a, Maybe get them on the show and have a chat yeah. and get to know them a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, this one kind of uh, came from Stern Show also. Uh, they had, uh, but what uh, what would be a, a dream dinner for you? If you could have a, a few guests over, three or four people or something that mm-hmm. you really admire or like okay. and just hang out and have a conversation for the night and and stuff, who, who might... Uh, who might be involved in that? Uh, well, I assume they have to be alive. So, you can, uh, well, it's, it's a dream. I mean, you can it can be past or present if you uh, okay if you if you choose to. Um, I'll start dull and get more interesting, uh, just because the honest answer is the second president, John Adams. I love history, love government, politics, all that stuff. So, but then as far as music goes, I would say. Uh, Steve Goodman, who wrote City of New Orleans. He wrote um, a, couple, a couple of other big folk songs. Um, and then Bob Dylan. So if I could have, I guess we're having a, a four-way date. Yeah. But that, I would love to just pick any of the three of their brains. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that Bob Dylan wrote a couple of good ones. Yeah. I'm, and it's, <laughs> I think he has one or two yeah, hits. Right. <laughs> yeah i think he uh i don't know man i'm um he's it's impressive the, the his catalog mm-hmm. and uh i'm not like super fan of his singing but voice but his writing is incredible All right but he uh you know, i mean I, I do enjoy singing on on some of the stuff but i mean you can't deny his the writing ability and stuff for sure so well and, and that's the awesome thing with him is i have friends that will claim they don't like bob dylan but then they do like Jimi Hendrix, oh, yeah, and sure. they love All Along the Watchtower. And I'll say, well, then you like Bob Dylan, yeah, you know. And there's a hundred examples of that where the song is just so good that it begs to be covered, mm-hmm. and it begs to be covered like greats or by greats. And so, 
it, it, it's just uh yeah he's very talented oh yeah but yeah that would i think that would be uh interesting to sit and pick his brain for a while like. i've heard he's not very personable so i don't know how enjoyable that would be so maybe right. for me maybe the other two guys will carry the conversation <laughs> yeah. but yeah all right. Uh, what about uh, a dream duet or collaboration? Is uh, oh wow, is there some uh, a particular person you would uh, like to work with? Wow, I you know that is a that is such a good question that I have I probably should have thought about before. Um, honestly, I would love to do some. I'm th- I'm thinking obtainable. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the River Kittens are so talented. Yeah. I don't know what that would look like in sort of my dream world. Right. But I, I think just because they are like St. Louis superstars in the folk genre. Oh, yeah. And so I think something there's something there. Like, there, there probably isn't. But I think, I just think, even if it's opening for them, would just be so awesome. Sure. Yeah. They're uh they're they're one of the best for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of their work. They're uh and it's so cool to see their success now out there with uh Almond Betts band and uh, mm-hmm. on the road and doing st- uh stuff working with Devin Almond on mm-hmm. on uh, his record label and stuff now and anyway, so just like they're out there doing it, and, you know, they're living the dream and stuff, so it's really yeah. cool, really cool to see they got to play the Ryman in Nashville just a while back and all this stuff like record at Sun Studios and mm-hmm. you know there's just so many cool things that are coming their way and uh, yeah. after all this hard work and stuff so it's uh, I'm really happy for, for them. Oh me too. I, I've been a fan for a while and so it, it's just really cool to get to see them finally for everyone else to sort of catch on to right. what we already know. Sure. Um, yeah. My, my roommate can tell you that uh I had their one of their songs as my alarm in the morning, and so uh, he would just sort of make fun of me and be like, "I'm on my way, Jesus," and just because there's every morning for a year, just he would loudly hear that. Because of course, I don't wake up to the first alarm; I wake up to the fifth alarm. Right. And so, just their river kittens going off nonstop. <laughs> Do you do a do you do a cover or anything from them or no? I you know I've never covered them um, because I guess that's one of my rules is the song either has to be so popular that everyone in the room knows it, or regardless of popularity, can I add something to it? Right. And with just how great their harmonies are, I don't think there's anything I can just by myself that I can add to that. Yeah, I get Um, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I've heard, uh, friends, uh, covering, you know, other local artists, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I just, uh, I don't know. I just think it's cool too. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a fun way to, um, basically saying here, check out my friends. Like, you know, like kind of, I don't know. That's how I look at it. Like I saw, uh, uh, one of my, Favorite, absolute favorites around town, Nick Gusman. Uh, he's a great writer himself, and and uh, but he covered a song, uh, and I've heard a couple other people cover it too because it's a great song. But uh, Goldmine from Old Capital Square Dance Club, and uh, and basically like that's I feel like that's 
the, the way that I, that's how I interpret it. Like, this is such a great song. We want you all to hear it. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if it's not a big hit or, you know, super popular sing along kind of thing. Yeah. You know, uh, people are like, uh, hopefully somebody comes up like, hey, what was that song? Oh, that's mm-hmm. Old Capital Square Dance Club or River Kittens or, who, you know, whoever you can. That yeah. gives you the opportunity to talk about your all of our talented friends and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. I, it would be uh, difficult though, like like you're saying, to add something new to it, like being right. being all the I mean, how great the harmonies and everything else are in yeah. those songs, and especially as a solo artist. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to you want to do it proper justice when you when right. I, if you're in a performance. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, man, they uh, I just, I agree though they're they're uh, super talented. Um. Uh, what uh what would be uh uh a movie or a TV show you wish you were in? It, mm-hmm. Could you could you see yourself uh living in a in a certain world that uh, uh or something from a show? Oh, see, my favorite TV shows, you know, I could say Game of Thrones or Mandalorian or one of those other awesome TV. I do not want to live right. in either of those. <laughs> yeah. Uh you know, I, unless I'm rich and taken away from all of the violence that yeah. makes things interesting, you know, I want to live, uh, yeah, you know, I want to live with Barney where everything's <laughs> soft and everyone's happy. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think to try and give an honest answer, you know, I guess it would be fun to live in, uh, if I, if I have to pick one that I actually watch, Mandalorian, like on one of the rich planets, just sort of doing rich sci fi <laughs> stuff while right. there's wars going on far away. Yeah. And galaxies far, far away. Yeah. Long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. What about. Um, is there something you think you could get into the Guinness Book of World Records for? No. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I want to give you a funny answer, and I, I just do not know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tricky one. Yeah. That's the thing, though. Like, almost everything's in there. It's like mm-hmm. so many r- silly things that you like. How's that even a, a thought that oh, yeah. to be a record? And Well, I, I saw one. It was like, because I guess most people in one place is in itself a record. Which I guess that's not even a skill thing. That's a, right. you're good at uh, mass media and you're good at organizing. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, uh, all right. What about, um, you know, like you're out in the, in the crowd at the concert mm-hmm. uh, and they pull, the band pulls you up on stage to, to sing uh, one song. Uh, you know, get to front the band for the night. Who, oh, yeah. Who's uh, who's the band and what's the song? What would what would you like to like to do? Well, I could. Most songs they're about to regret their uh, life decisions. <laughs> I, I think that I I'm probably tooting my own horn a little bit here. I love my cover of House of the Rising Sun, and so I think any like old crow medicine show or any 
any big folk artist or bluegrass, whatever you want to call that, Americana, mm -hmm. that I could realistically see performing. Because Taylor Swift isn't going to perform House of the Rising Sun, but Old Crow Medicine Show might, or the Avett Brothers might. And so one of that type of band right. and then that song is that I, I think I would contribute something there. Yeah. Yeah. That would, uh, that would be cool. Uh, Old yeah. Crow's uh, coming to town. Yeah, same same day as the. Yeah. I think they're actually playing same yeah. actual day as yeah. the River Kittens. Yeah, the fifth, I think, off the yeah, Thursday the, Thursday night. At the what's that festival o called? Open Highway Music Festival. Open Highway Music Festival. Yeah, yeah. There's gonna be some good acts. Morgan Wade too. Yeah. Oh yeah. The whole line. I mean, Marcus King Band, uh, Paul Cawthon. I mean, mm -hmm. Flatland, uh, Calvary. <laughs> Whitey Morgan. Mm -hmm. It's I mean there's a stacked lineup of uh, a lot of and then of, of course like Funky Butt Brass Band also locally, uh River Kittens. Uh yeah. I mean there's a really a talented uh group of people over there. It's mm -hmm. gonna be a, a super fun weekend for yeah. sure over in Chesterfield. So yeah. Let's come on out and join get some tickets and join that party because 'cause I'll be there. It's gonna be fun. Uh all right. Um one more thing. What? Uh, all right. What would? Who would? Uh, we have a Jason Boyd biopic. Who do you think would uh, cast? Who would you like to see cast to play you in the movie version? Um, well, unfortunately, I've got red hair, <laughs> and so that very much limits my uh, my options for actors. But um, you know what? I'm, let's dye Leonardo DiCaprio's hair red. <laughs> yeah. Let's just do that de-aging thing that they used in The Irishman. All right. Let's make him about 25, and there's the Jason Boyd biopic right there. There, there it is. You, to hell with logic. Yeah. Let's make that happen, Hollywood. Yep. Uh, yeah. No, I, uh, I don't know. I just It's a silly question, but I, I, it's fun. Uh because I just always wonder, like, because so many people, like, come up to tell you, like, oh, do you, you look like this person or that, you yeah. know, and that kind of stuff. Like, some people get it. I don't know. Mm. I, I, but uh, it's just interesting to think about who, yeah. who would be in that movie. Mm -hmm. I get people will tell me, which I don't even sort of see. People tell me I look like Ed Sheeran. I was going to say. I think that's only because people are used to seeing me holding a guitar right. and there's not that many gingers <laughs> yeah. that are famous. Redhead guys holding acoustic guitars. and like, Yeah. Yeah, so. uh, yeah, I was going to say, probably, I'm sure you probably get that too. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Well, you, uh, you uh, again, find uh, get plugged in, uh, all things Jason Boyd, on your yeah. uh, Facebook. And you have Instagram too, right? I do. I, Facebook is a great place to do, yeah. though. And uh, and you can find some stuff on uh, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube's great. Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, basically anywhere you buy music, I'm probably there. And feel free to reach out to get a physical copy of the uh, EP. Where did you sleep last night? Uh, we don't have any. You said you don't have any shows on the on the calendar, but is there is something we're going we're going to try to set up something soon or? Yeah. So. Definitely, I'm gonna do something live soon, probably within the next two three weeks. It'll just depend on how comfortable my specific audience is going out. Mm -hmm. But then, if I if I talk to people and it doesn't seem like that's moving in the right direction, uh, then definitely something virtual. 
Yeah. Um, and then I'm always looking to hop on shows. And so maybe something that I don't even see coming up. Right. Uh, last minute is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be fun to get out there and do a proper release party. Uh, Absolutely. You know, throw something together and get play these songs for everyone. For sure. And, uh, but yeah, that would be cool. Uh, well, let me know, man. I'll, I'll be there. I'll come out and check it out. I appreciate that. Yeah. But uh, Adam, and this was uh, a lot of fun, man. I really enjoyed uh, getting to meet you and getting to yeah, it was nice to meet you get, too. Uh, share some of your stories and songs and uh, but yeah, I uh, well, hopefully we can do this again soon sometime and I'd like that. Uh, maybe then, hopefully it won't. You know, maybe the next EP come a little faster and we can. Won't have to. Won't be you know the four years or whatever. Oh, it's saying. already in yeah. progress. Right. So yeah. I'm sure it'll be. It won't be quite four years. Right. But uh, yeah, and then maybe uh, maybe even expand that tour past Kansas City this time. Uh, yeah. When we get back on on the road and hopefully, uh, yeah. you know, like saying uh, the uh, Kansas City, Springfield, and St. Louis tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, we can go a little farther next time around. Yeah. Well, I think I'd probably hit the same cities, but I tell people I can I can play an empty room in any city you want. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So probably same cities, but with a, uh, a bigger crowd is my next goal. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. All right, bud. Well, thank you, Jason. And uh, thanks, everybody. Bye, everyone. Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. Well, yeah, that was it.